This is Animals Voice podcast presented by the Ontario SPCA with 50 communities working together for animal welfare. We've got another great show for you on the way, so put your paws up, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Animals Voice podcast. I'm your host, Kevin McKenzie, and oh, do we have a special interview for you today. Joining me via Skype is Michelle Nagelschneider. Michelle is the cat whisperer, a certified cat behaviorist, uh, an author, and I'm very excited to talk to you today. How are you, Michelle? I'm doing well, and thanks so much for having me. This is great. Yeah, we uh, we were supposed to interview you during our yearly conference, and uh, we we unfortunately both of our schedules got so busy that we couldn't make it happen. But it was very cool meeting you there, and I, I loved sitting in on your session. And uh, I'm excited to share your knowledge of all things cat whispering with our listeners today. So thank you again for joining us. Oh, it's wonderful. Yes, any yes, I love sharing cat knowledge. So here I am. Here you are. <laughs> so away. I guess the first question I have is what what got you interested in studying cats in the first place? Well, I've always uh, been an animal person. We grew up on a farm. We had every animal um, you really could think of, but we didn't have really pet cats because back then we had barn cats. And so they were very elusive, you know, hard to befriend. And my parents would never buy me a pet cat. So that was the one animal that was like, oh, the, uh, like the mythological creature, you know, it was, (laughs) I just, it was the one animal that really piqued my interest. And then I really focused on because they were so unique and mysterious. And then just growing up, I uh, was a a veterinary assistant. And then I was also a psychology major in my 20s. And and there was a real need for uh, cat behavior uh, back then. A lot of people you know, just didn't know what to do with their cats, all these litter box issues, right. a lot of dog people, you know, dog trainers, but not very much out there for cats. And it was literally, uh, like the theme this year at the, um, uh, education, uh, convention you guys had there up in Toronto, uh, uh, in the business of saving lives. So it was really not about becoming a cat behaviorist or a cat whisper. It really was these these clients, these cat owners were like at their wits end. And they some of them literally driving around the Humane Society parking lot, you know, thinking of uh, relinquishing their cat to the shelter. If I didn't figure out how to help them. So it was it was it's was really a serious, extreme issue, you know, to have to help, you know, need to help these save these cats' lives. Now did but did your education for or cat behavior come from, I mean, your psychology uh, studies or vet studies? Like, how did you become educated in the area of cat behavior? Oh, gosh, it's a little bit of everything. It really is. Uh, There's not... You know, there's no degree in cat behavior, you know, becoming a cat behaviorist. Um, uh, when I was, I, I did take some uh, courses at Harvard University, some animal cognition towards a citation there. That was my most recent study. And I was the only cat person in the room. I sat in the back. <laughs> I sat through a lot of cat jokes, you know. Um, it was full of dog trainers, veterinarians, you know. And so it was, uh, you know. Still, though, the animal brain is very similar, you know, that what we learn, know about dogs and how they learn. But really, I would say experiential work, just watching cats, um, learning about wild cats, you know, and watching their behaviors. They're also very similar, wild cats and domestic cats. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being, some people are just good at certain things, and that's probably one of the only things I'm good at is <laughs> cat <laughs> behavior. So. so you've been studying cats a long time then. Tell me about some of these studies. What type of studies have you performed? 
Oh, so the studies, um, well, one that we're doing, we've done some litter box studies um, for a company, um, just uh, litter box usage, uh, uh, and uh, that was a few years ago. What we're doing, right, our main one right now, because we are finding that it's really helping keeping cats out of the shelter and happier multi-cat households, um, is a social facilitation study. And we have a few hundred clients that are participating and uh uh, the social facilitation, which is in the cat, the uh, cat, my cat behavior book, the Cat Whisper, um, is just based on the group scent, or we also call it the social glue. And cats who do not share this group scent within the household. So basically, if you have five cats, each cat should have a five cat scent on them, and that's how they feel affiliated and relaxed and accepting of one another. Otherwise, if they smell very differently, it's like you're forcing them to live in captivity right. together, and it's very stressful. So we have a lot of really good feedback from that and hopefully here in the next year we're going to be posting uh, the results um, from their feedback so that's the big one right now awesome and and I know that you opened the cat behavior clinic in 1999 I think I read what what do you do there what's the cat behavior clinic oh gosh yes the cat behavior uh, clinic we uh, we go to people's homes, so it's uh, in-home consultations, but mainly now, and I work with Dr. Schultz also, um, we can do consults at his veterinary clinic or we do Skype video from, you know, we can do Skype video anywhere. I have clients in Malaysia, the UAE, have a lot of clients in Canada, uh, so it's Skype video or phone. A Skype video is nice because we can actually see the cats, and mm -hmm. it's nice to interface with our uh, the cat owners that way. But no, we've been doing really fun, so we can do it anywhere. Nice. So, yeah. What What are some of the cat behavior problems that you encounter at the clinic? And like, I mean, do you have advice for owners that may be experiencing these issues? Oh, definitely. So, yeah, 70% of what we do uh, is litter box, litter box and urine uh, spray marking. And that is the most, uh, that's the, the biggest behavior issue that gets cats sent to the shelter and millions euthanized each year. And uh, so that one, litter box marking, aggression over grooming, uh, aggression with the owner, um, intercat social aggression, uh, territorial aggression, um, destructive, you know, clawing behavior. But litter box by far you know i we figured out the other day i've done that consult several thousand times over the wow. last 10 years so i can sit and talk and think about what i'm going to cook for dinner it's pretty much that <laughs> it's it's probably like a broken record, but um, we really find that a lot, you know, the biggest problem, well, a lot of times it is actually a urinary health issue and those can be tricky to diagnose. The urine, you know, the tests that they do sometimes are not foolproof. So we do find a lot of hidden urinary health issues, kidney issues, you know, uncovered, and that can help, of course. Uh, but we always tell our clients, you know, don't put all your litter boxes in one area. We get a ton of, I put them all down in the basement or I put them all in the laundry room. And one of the ways that cats structure their social hierarchy is they'll timeshare resource locations. So out of nature, the cats all all go to third and maple to use a latrine site. The latrine sites are everywhere and they mm -hmm. take turns using the different ones or sometimes they claim their own. So if you have all your litter boxes in one area, it will work okay usually until they reach social maturity, but then all of a sudden you're going to start having a cat <coughs> out 
their own litter box on the couch or under the dining room table. So the little technique we call Lando Planty is upstairs, downstairs, northeast, southwest, as far as latrine site. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so I have to go home and buy about 15 more litter boxes, is what I understand so far. Very good. Oh. <laughs> Guess the yeah, we usually say one box for each cat plus one more, but if you have 25 cats, obviously you don't need that many boxes. No, I think but... you've got other issues if you have 25 cats, but we won't get into oh. that right now. <laughs> uh, so what type of advice do you offer? I know that your book, The Cat Whisperer, Why Cats Do What They Do and How to Get Them to Do What You Want. So I've got to, I've got to tell you, I don't believe I can get my cats to do anything I want. I'm a skeptic, so tell me how I can get them to do what I want. Well, actually, that title, it really should say kind of in a little parenthesis at the bottom, it's really getting the cats to do what they want, but we're not going to tell the owners that. <laughs> <laughs> but for the owner, your average cat owner, that title's very like, oh, yeah, we got to, you know, so, but uh, get that book. And, uh, but, you know, it's really getting. Uh, looking at the cat's instincts, understanding their instincts. And it's really about just changing the, the landscape of the environment to get the instincts to go where you want them to. So mm -hmm. not scratching your couch, not urine on your couch, right. you know, so it's just change. There's not a lot of doing anything really to the cat. It's just, you can't really tell the cat what to do. It's no, just, they're like bosses. Cat. They're the boss of the house <laughs> and you, you know, they just run the place. Yeah, they're so sensitive, and dogs are, you know, they want to please us, but cats, you know, there's nothing in it for them. Why, you know, they're not pack animals, That's right? That's part of their charm, though, right? Exactly. So where can our listeners go to purchase your book? So you can go to catwhisperbook.com. You can go to Amazon. Um, it's at the bookstores here, um, uh, yeah, uh, but Amazon is in main place everyone goes or okay. uh again catsperbook.com awesome mm -hmm. and our, our listeners are probably going to be listening to this so many of them are cat owners they may be interested in booking you and and to talk about a, a consultation so where can our listeners go uh to book a consultation with you and to learn more about the cat behavior clinic yes it's really simple just go online to the cat behavior clinic.com and uh here in the u.s we spell b behavior without the uh you so you guys have it you spell it differently yes <laughs> so <laughs> i guess you call it a little american typo we have there but sure. um yes yeah, so that's the cat .com, and it's really simple you can book online you can schedule online um we have a 12 page behavior history questionnaire that you need to complete ahead of time and then the consults are an hour and a half and we usually do an, an hour initial consult and then we do a follow-up consult two to four weeks later and we can and they're all by skype or uh, video skype or by phone awesome. or in home if you happen to be here in well, Oregon. Sounds sounds like a great opportunity. I hope some of our listeners that are experiencing some of those issues consider contacting you because uh, having seen you speak and, and, and heard your stories, uh, I think you're great at what you do. And I appreciate your time today. Michelle Nagel Schneider, author, The Cat Whisperer, and Certified Cat Behaviorist. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure. And thank you, the listeners. Uh, we appreciate all of your input and sharing of our broadcasts. Please keep doing that. Social media is your friend. <laughs> and if you want to contact me and have show ideas or input, uh, you can find me on Twitter at KevTheGrad or email me at kmckenzie at ospca.on.ca. Until next time, we'll catch you later. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Animals Voice Podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and at our website, ontariospca.ca. Animals Voice Podcast is a production of the Ontario SPCA. 
The Society would like to thank all of our supporters. Together, we are the Animal's Voice.